Welcome back to the Her Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Mel, and this is episode number 10. We hit double digits. Slightly proud of myself, slightly excited. And if you have listened to any or all of my past episodes, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for giving me a voice. Thank you for giving me a platform. And I'm looking forward to continuing this journey with you. I brought a friend with me on this episode today, a connection I made via the gram because all good connections happen via the internet. And we were going to talk about a post that she did. So my guest today is Brianna Bowley. She is a high performance coach and she posted a post to Instagram in the last fortnight that said, queen, stop letting people who are at war with your with themselves drain your energy. And I don't know what you heard when I said that, but there's lots of different facets to this statement. And I just had to get Brie on to explore this further. So Brie discusses a little bit about how she got to working with nervous system regulation, what nervous system regulation even is, and then starts to delve into her experience with her clients, with herself. And I mean, what we can, I think we've all experienced this. It's this feeling of having the handbrake on, but the foot on the accelerator at the same time, this constant push pull, this constant not doing enough, this constant why do I bother versus what's next? And just honestly, this place of uncertainty. So needless to say, the next 45 minutes are jam packed with truth bombs and nuggets of wisdom. And I can tell you by the end of it, you will be feeling so much more at peace with who you are and where you are. And I'm really looking forward to going through that experience with you. So without further ado, here is Brie. I think I really want to start with my questions just because at the end, like when, when we normally throw them in at the end, it's a bit like, it's like all the fun comes out and I think we need the fun all the way through the podcast. Okay, perfect. Let's do that. You happy to start? Yeah, let's go for it. Cool. So what fictional place would you like to visit? Oh, oh, that's a great question. I think Hogwarts. Oh, yes. Yeah. That place is like, oh, I see it on films and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, isn't it just magic? <laughs> I'm dying to try butterbeer. I mean, I know that we've tried to make it in like different places, different holiday places and stuff like that, but it's just it never comes across the way that they enjoy yeah, it. Right. Mm. Yeah. I always think of, you know how the staircases move? Yes. I'm like. That would be so chaotic. Yeah. Like, how is that going to work? <laughs> it's kind of like life though, right? Like yeah. there's a massive analogy in that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and the moving pictures. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, if you could ve- invent a holiday, what would it be and what would you call it? Oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> These are good questions. Wow. Um. I could invent a holiday. Oh, see my brain with like, with questions like these, my brain just pings off in a million different directions. And I'm like, oh, I can't grasp one. 
let's put it this way. If you're inventing holidays, you have the option to invent multiple holidays. So like, what's the first one you're putting out there? The first one that comes up is like, oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) It would be a day to like embody your like dream everything like dream personality like who you most would love to be like to show up as right mm-hmm. so like you dress like that person you act like that person um and it, yeah it would be it would be like a day to like celebrate potential I don't know mm-hmm. what I'd call it though um the baby I mean, day what's that <laughs> the baby day <laughs> yeah yeah let's go with that <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think we, I think we should all be doing that anyway, like showing up mm-hmm. as our highest version. And there are so many people who don't. Yeah. So how cool would it be to have a day where it's actually celebrated? You know, yeah. sometimes it's shunned when you show up as the highest version of yourself. People like question it, but if everyone's doing it, it's like the permission slip. Yeah, and just to remove the judgment, and I think we all need a taste of that sometimes, like what that life yeah. is totally. like to be able to step into it totally yeah all right my third and final question I'm nervous these are such good questions (laughs) I think you'll like this one um Ronda Rousey walks into the room you have five minutes with her what are you talking to her about Ooh, I would talk to her about her fall from from grace Mm -hmm. say that loosely um yeah I would love specifically would you want to know about that I would love to know like what went on for her emotionally, mentally um, after, yeah, after her loss, you know, her big loss to Holly Holmes. And then of course, following up the loss to Amanda Nunes. Um, And I would love to know as well, her thought process around going into wrestling and the WWE. Did she, like, she would have worked with mindset coaches and personal development coaches. Do you know? I'm actually not sure. I have, I've read her book. And from what I can understand, I don't think she did. From, from what I've read in terms of like, I mean, I'm usually pretty honed in on picking at where someone's kind of at yeah. Um, in, yeah, in their thought processes. And I don't get the sense that she has, or if she has, they've kind of taught her the old school mentality, which in my humble opinion, doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in your humble opinion then, <laughs> what does work? Well, I'm a big believer that the more we relax into something, the more uh, we pull it towards us. You know, I think particularly like the martial arts world. So, you know, naturally that being where Ronda Rousey is from, well, the sporting world as a whole, but especially the martial arts world, there's such a heavy emphasis on like hard work, grind, you know, like there's like some sort of strange badge of sacrifice that comes with being able to completely run yourself into the ground. Um, and, and that, that mindset and that way of being is so encouraged. Um, and, you know, I think it's partly, um, dare I say it, trauma, you know, like a lot of athletes come from some form of trauma, um, and and they don't realize it, you know, like it's so normal for them and their lineage. They don't even realize it. Um, and then I also, um, I also think it comes down to ignorance in a lot of ways. You know, like the, the sporting industry as it is and the MMA or the martial arts industry as it is, is still very young. Um, and so there's not a lot, there's still not a lot of science to fully back um, 
these, or at least in the sporting world, you know, that, that they haven't got their hands on it yet to actually realize like, oh shit, we're doing it completely backwards. We're actually running ourselves into the ground. Um, yeah, so that's my belief that we get to relax into, you know, and that's not to say don't work hard, but it's to say be really intentional with where and when you work hard and for how long you work hard. And to most importantly, make sure if you're working hard, you're actually loving every moment of it. Yeah. The second hard work becomes hard, you know, the second it becomes a struggle, like you're, you're pushing, you're pushing a, um, you know, a, a rock uphill. Yeah. And it's understanding that motive behind hard as well. Right. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, and I mean, not, to, not that I want to spend a whole lot of time specifically talking about sport, but I mean, it was pretty big for Ash Barty's coach to come out or Ash Barty started talking about what, all the work that she'd been doing and the coaches that she'd been working with in terms of mindset and personal development. And so the narrative in the sporting world is changing, hopefully. Mm, totally. And, you know, this is the thing, and this is why I love talking about sport so much. I'm a big believer that sport is, because it's such a rapidly, you know, any sport, uh, it's such a rapidly kind of changing experience and it's condensed into a short time frame, right? It's actually incredibly reflective of who we are and how we show up in life, right? So um, the reason I love sport is because you can see how someone plays the game of life by how they play the game of whatever sport they're involved with, you know? And so if you just kind of like stretch and expand the time frame out a little bit and instead of having, say, a pair of boxing gloves on, Instead, you're, you're playing with, uh, you know, in relating or you're playing in financial uh, management or emotional management and all the other facets that come with life. Um, yeah, they're, they're really reflective of each other. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to us a little bit about what nervous system regulation is. Yeah. So in a nutshell, nervous system regulation is learning how to manage your emotions. Uh, the physical sensations in your body and then as a result of that also being able to be more intentional in your thoughts your words and your actions so basically what people what most people don't kind of grasp is that the way we behave the way we speak um, the things we think about ourselves is actually a result of the sensations in the body um, and so yeah it's 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 learning how to be more intentional and more um responsive in life rather than reactive you know being able to being able to anchor a deeper level of trust in yourself because you start to be able to notice the difference between what's say a trauma response or a stress response or a shutdown or anxiety response versus what's actually like a choice like this is what I want for myself this is my intention this is where I most would like to go so I'm going to choose this mm -hmm. yeah and so how did you come to this process? Well, God, I'll give you the condensed version of the story. <laughs> um, you know, for me, heavy personal training, nutrition background. Uh, I worked with a lot of athletes in injury, prehab, um, injury recovery, you know, sports massage, um, general population massage. You know, I did a, did a bit of everything. Um, and then I started to realize how much like there was this missing piece um, that was impacting everything. And that was, well, at the time I thought it was the mindset stuff. You know, I thought it was the way we think, the way we speak, the way we view ourselves, the way we perceive the world around us. Right. 
And so I went down this massive, you know, journey of basically really digging into understanding the mind and understanding how the way we think does impact our world. And then what I realized was that that piece underneath it, that it's the sensations we experience, it's the uh, emotional experiences that we're addicted to that actually determine what we think. So, um, yeah, it was it was really kind of, I mean, I'd gone through years and years and years of not only working with um, other people in the mindset realms, but also doing the work on myself. And what I noticed was that I kind of kept coming up against in my own world and with clients, like a wall. There was like a wall of, you know, I could get incredible transformation, like incredible shifts and incredible results for myself and with clients. Are we talking about all, physical, physical transformation? Uh, across all levels. You know, mm-hmm. physical changes in, you know, their relationships, changes in their financial situations and their performance um, in all facets of life. You know, the ripple effect, as I, as I kind of said earlier with the sporting stuff, like how we do anything is how we do everything, right? So I'd see the results across the board, but then it was like we'd hit this wall. Um, and, and, yeah, and especially for myself. I noticed it mostly in my business and probably a lot in my, in, in my intimate relationships that it was like there was just this line that I kind of couldn't quite get past. And so as I do, I was like, okay, well, I put my problem solver hat on and search for the answer. And, um, yeah, I found nervous system regulation and, and that, that was the thing that shifted everything. So how did it start to, let's talk about your journey specifically. How did you, how did it start to shift things for you? Well, I think for me, you know, I've always considered myself a high performer um I work with high performers and um I started to notice that I was kind of because I was starting to really become aware of the subtle sensations in my body I started to realize that there was this constant state for me of almost like a state of urgency and a state of anxiety And on the flip side, there was also this feeling of being shut down. And it was like I had a handbrake on, you know? So it was like, if you picture doing that in a car, like this is the analogy I kind of always picture. It's like, you've got your foot flat to the accelerator, but then the handbrake's ripped on. So you're just burning, you know, burning through fuel, burning up your tires, you know, like you're not going anywhere. And that, that was the experience. And I was like, shit, now that I'm aware of this, this feeling has been in the background my entire life, you know? And so I started to really hone in and go, hang on, if I take the handbrake off or in the moments where I want to put the handbrake on, actually choose that and take the foot off the accelerator, imagine how much more efficient I'll be in what I'm creating for myself. You know, I'll be able to put all of that momentum or all of that rest to use at its fullest capacity so that then when I do choose to spring into action, or step back into rest, I'm fully there. Um, so that that was the big piece for me, kind of going, oh my God, like this has been there the whole time. And I was so on autopilot. It was so normal for me that I didn't have contrast to actually realize there was any other way. Uh, and so then I started to really shift into choosing action from, again, that relaxation standpoint, that place of like, of pleasure, of, of choosing things from joy rather than choosing things from urgency or anxiousness or from a place of, you know, I have to keep moving. 
Can you talk a little bit to either some of the mindset things that you would tell yourself or you hear your clients tell themselves? So the language around um, what the like foot on the accelerator, handbrake on experience is, and also maybe some of the physical stuff, how we're breathing, how we're, um, yeah, feeling in our skin. Yeah, totally. Well, for me, um, hang on, I'm just trying to think, is this, is this universal? Is this something that I experience with my Mm -hmm. clients as well? Yeah, I think it is. So from, for me and for many of my clients, it, it comes through as like this, it's always the next thing, you know, like the, the mindset is, it, it, it's sort of like, and you, you're not even aware of it, right? Because it's so standard that, yeah, you, you, you don't even know, you don't have the, the polarity. Don't know anything different. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So for me, it was this thing of like always the next thing. You know, I'd achieve something, I wouldn't celebrate it. It would be like, yay, but, you know, it wasn't an embodied celebration. And then it was the next thing. What's the next thing that I'm striving towards? The goalpost would move. Um, And, you know, even in my day-to-day, it was like I'd wake up and I'd be like, okay, here's my to-do list. Fuck, I've got to get through this to-do list. Um, It would come through as not being able to sleep at night. You know, my mind was like racing. Again, thinking of my to-do list for the next day. Or thinking of my dreams, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but again, it was coming from a place of I'm still not there yet. How am I going to get there? Um, yeah, and then I mean, I guess the the for me, the experience of the handbrake on was that when when things didn't go perfectly, it was like, why do I bother? You know, why do I bother? I'm still not there yet. This is hopeless. I'm never going to get there. Um, no matter how hard I try, I'm still not there. And I guess how that comes out physically is, uh, well, I mean, there's a million different ways this could play out. Um, for me, it was that I had a lot of gut issues. I had a lot of like bloating around my stomach. Um, you know, when I look at old photos of my build, it was, it was even in my face, you know, like I had, I just looked inflamed. I just looked like watery, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, my build is that I have quite naturally thin arms and legs. And then back then it was like, it was like I was just bloated through my midsection. Um, so yeah, I would have gut issues. Um, I would, I, I was having a lot of skin issues. Um, again, sleep issues. Uh, and very, very anxious in a lot of my, um, a lot of my day-to-day, sorry, the dogs are just having a little wine in the background there and it's pulling my attention. Um, yeah, a lot of anxiety in my day-to-day. And then also procrastination. That was a huge one for me. It would be like my mind would be going, come on, let's get things done. But my body was like, nah, <laughs> nah, I'm just going to sit here and scroll. I'm just going to sit here and scroll or I'm going to distract myself with a game on my phone or I'm going to mm-hmm. binge watch Netflix um, so, yeah, I mean, this can come come out in a multitude of different ways because the, the vagus nerve, um, the central nerve of, of the nervous system is connected to almost every organ in the body. So it affects almost every organ in the body. So the brain now that has come through in practice, I don't know how the language around this, would you practice nervous system regulation? Is this something yeah. that you, yeah, you go through? Yeah. Um, so the brain now, looking back at procrastination brain, what are you witnessing in that? Well, I mean, it's it's still there to a degree. 
right? I mean, this is, uh, when did I find nervous system regulation? I, I first started to become aware of nervous system regulation at the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. So that was, what, two years ago. So that's, you know, 26 years or thereabouts of um, programming that tells me, um, you know, like this, this is how it's safe to be. So I'm really two years, three years into my journey of rewiring this. Yep. So there's still moments where it arises. The difference is now that I can notice it when it's there and I can choose different a, a different response, basically. And I also want to speak to the fact that there's levels to this, right? So um, in many ways, I feel like there's a lot of old patterns that don't play out anymore. And yet I notice new ones arise, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess ones that were almost underneath that, like an onion, we keep peeling back the layers. Mm-hmm. So now I'm able to notice it and then make a different choice. Um, and, you know, like I had the experience the other day where I found myself scrolling in my phone and I said to my friend, I'm like, I'm really bored at the moment. Like, I'm just bored. And I went, ah, I'm not bored. I'm disassociating. And so, you know, I have a series of tools that I go to when, uh, when I'm feeling disassociation. And, you know, a lot of the time disassociation or feelings of boredom or a lack of kind of passion in our life is actually just a disconnect from self. So my intention then, I was able to go, okay, well, I know exactly what I need. Sorry, I know exactly what I need to do to shift out of this. And instantly, you know, after doing those practices, instantly I was like, yes, I'm back. Like I'm back in my body. I'm back here. I'm back connected to myself. Um, And then from that space, I was able to make the decision of do I still want to rest? And if so, that's perfectly okay. But do I actually want to keep moving with the thing that, that I want to keep moving with? It's so, I so love that you've spoken to that. Most of the women I work with are in their, you know, 30s and 40s and we start to bring some connection back into the body and then they hit like a, call it a hurdle. And it's like, you know, why aren't I fixed? Why aren't I feeling good? Why isn't this a constant? And like you said, you know, there is 30 plus years of habits and patterns that you felt safe in. Yeah actioning and you're only just now starting to learn yeah different things and so yeah it's not a matter of just flicking a switch and stepping into the light um it's the continuation of work yeah the thing is as well you know our nervous system is there to keep us safe Mm -hmm. so those patterns you know disassociation anxiety depression whatever other pattern may arise at one point in time, they were the best strategy we knew to keep us safe. And so the reason that they we, we bring awareness to them, that we reach a point where we can be aware of them is because we've outgrown them. And so um, the quickest way to shift your nervous system is through safety. And I think we can all agree that heavy criticism is not a safe experience. So when we sit there, and, and this was a big learning for me, right? And I think across... Uh, the self-development world, the, the world at large, like we live in a world where I think it's more common to criticize imperfection than it is to celebrate where we're already more than perfect. Um, so the big learning for me was rather than sitting there going, fuck, I'm still not there yet. Fuck, I'm still not there yet, which is just feeding back into that, that old pattern, which brings up the I'm not safe here. So I need to lock down on these patterns in order to stay safe said when we can love those parts and go oh my god 
like these responses is just me caring about myself so deeply and wanting to survive and stay safe that, you know, I've created these elaborate patterns in order to, to keep myself feeling safe. Like that's beautiful, you know, and when we love them, they change so quickly. It's really hard to just flick from that place of criticism to love because um, yeah, you know, and I don't, it's, I'm trying to articulate this in a, because when you are like, when you, that's all, that's the language that you're used to. That's the language that you quote unquote feel safe in. Is there something that you, is there, are there questions that we can be asking to help us get curious? Cause I think even the word love, like if we are so in that place of discomfort, love it. Like that word love is triggering. Totally. Yeah. So what are some steps or some maybe questions that we can reword that statement and start acting from a place of love without adding yeah. criticism to it? Yeah. Well, I guess uh, if, if we could take it a step back then, can you learn to be neutral about it? You know, like one, the one question that I, that I ask myself and I ask my client, clients all the time is what are you making it mean? You know, and I think that uh, I speak a lot about intentionality, intentionality, which is like, this is why we do all of the, for me anyway, and for, for my work with my clients, this is why we do the nervous system regulation work, because we want to be able to choose. We want to be able to be intentional with how we live our lives, right? And so um, my perspective is that the, the quickest way to get what you want is to always choose to make it mean whatever is in your highest. You know, so in the moments where, because I still do it, I'm, I'm human, I still have my moments where I'm like, fuck, like, oh, like, why is that? I should know better. Why is that still coming up, right? And then I sit back and I go, hang on, what am I making this mean? And a lot of the time we're making it mean that we're wrong and we're still not there yet. And, you know, again, we feed back into that cycle. And so if you can catch it and go, what am I making this mean? Well, I choose to make it mean that this pattern's coming back up because it's it's making me aware that I'm beyond it now. You know, it's coming up because it's 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 showing me that um, I get I get to choose something different, right? It's I'm being shown all of the places these experiences are coming up for me, so that I can get to where I want to be. So yeah, just bringing neutrality to it. Like, what am I making it mean? Well, I get to choose what it means. It actually doesn't mean anything. It means whatever I choose to make it mean. Do you work with, um, and this could probably lead into the um, original point of me wanting to do this podcast with you, um, do you work with or do you find that it's a lot of like family stories that come in that we can't let go of, we being the individual working with you or? Yeah, absolutely. I um. I mean, our earliest relationships are our relationships with our, with our parents, you know, and even if for those who maybe are uh, not still in active relationships with their parents, you know, maybe adopted, maybe their parents have passed, whatever the situation is, they're, they're still our earliest relationships, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, those family dynamics are our closest, uh, our closest dynamics. So um, they're where we, we learn a lot of our... Um, that's where a lot of our nervous system is shaped, you know, and, and I remember um, when I had 
at the end of last year, a few things rise up around different anxious patterning that was going on for me. I did a ton of work around it and did a, actually did a lot of uh, regression work. So looking deep into the unconscious mind of, uh, for, for memories that I wasn't conscious of. And a lot of them stem back to, and this was mind-blowing for me, a lot of these stem back to like me as a fetus in the womb, you know, having my nervous system shaped while before I was even, you know, on this planet yet. Um, and like a lot of the, the uh, memories that I had, I actually checked in with my mom and said, hey, like, did this happen? She was like, yes, how did you know? You know, and so um, I think that's important to keep in mind as well that, like a lot of us, a lot of how we react to certain things is shaped long before we've even been born. Um, so yes, absolutely. Family dynamics is, is a key one. Like I think everything to some degree mirrors our family dynamics. And it's not to say that we go back and hate that place or hate the experience or hate the person for giving us the experience. Um, but it's again, just getting curious about it, right? Totally. Well, I mean, and again, this may be a stretch for some, so I'm, I'm going to ask that question again. What, what, what are you making it mean? Mm-hmm. My belief is that we are gifted our family dynamics. And for some, that could be a huge stretch, you know, and um, uh, I, I'm not unfamiliar to that experience. You know, I, I think I definitely spent many years going like, well, fuck, I got, I got dealt a really shitty hand. Um, and when we get to that place, uh, as as we move, you know, as we keep doing the work, uh, we, we, we're able to get to a place where we can go, oh, my God, all of this happened for me. All of this was a gift that shaped me into being the person I'm here to be to live out the life I'm here to live. I don't think anything ever happens to us. It all happens for us, and it's all like a perfect puzzle piece that just, you know, gives us our path. Such a powerful statement. <laughs> So now if you don't follow Brie on Instagram, you have to. She pops lots of lovely little wise words of wisdom up. And one of the things that came up, um, I don't know, in the last week, fortnight, um, was a post that said, Queen, stop letting people at war with themselves drain your energy. And I loved this post on so many different levels. Do you want me to explain why or do you want to explain? Yeah, please. I'm so curious. <laughs> I love knowing what comes up for people from my posts. Ah, so good. So when you enter the personal development space, we all know that, and like Bree's just talked about, like we have a choice. We have a choice to show up. We have a choice of where we put our energy. And I think it's really easy to go, oh, that's a them problem, you know, and sort of toss it away. Um, And in this post, I really feel like it could have gone in one of two ways. You read that post and you're like, yeah, that's a them problem. That's not my problem to deal with. But it is also inviting you to really step into your own power and go, right, why am I allowing this person to drain my energy? Why am I allowing the triggers to come up? Um, And so there were really, yeah, I read two really powerful sides to that. Mm. Can you speak into a little bit of what you wanted that statement to mean and what you wanted people to hear from it? Yeah, totally. To be honest, I actually can't remember where my head was at when I posted it. <laughs> um, well, I guess, again, it's coming back to that piece of what, what are you making it mean? You know, like I, um, I think that 
our nervous systems, again, I, I love this is all tying together perfectly, everything we've touched on. We live in a world where we're always looking for, like, what's wrong. And when we're doing that, all of our energy, all of our attention, all of our focus, all of our life force is going towards what we don't want. You know, what's wrong? Like, what's the thing that's imperfect? That's where we're, we're placing, you know, all of our power. And so when you take all of that that's being put in that direction and instead put it towards intentionality, what do I want? Where do I want to go? How do I want my life to be? How do I want people to experience me? What do I want to make people feel? Like the amount of energy that gets put behind what we desire is huge, you know, like that's atomic bomb level. And so... um, people get trapped in these drama cycles. They get trapped in, you know, like what Susie said about me and, you know, like what Betty did behind Adam's back, right? Like, and it- Bloody Betty, honestly. I know, right? (laughs) And it's like, to to me, it's really quite disheartening because it's like, wow, you are giving away your power. Uh, You could be moving mountains, with that level of energy and thought that goes into that, the amount of time that goes into talking about the things that we don't actually desire. And, you know, we could go really deep on this and actually dig into that underneath that drama, we're getting a need fed. Like there's some sort of a, dare I say it, kink um, that comes with, um, you know, like drama and gossip can feel good. And because we're always seeking a feeling under everything. And we have our ways of getting that need met. And so if we could just find a more empowering way to get that need met, you know, like like challenge. I love nothing more than challenge. And so in the past, I'd poured my energy into like getting challenge from having Betty talk shit about me and me, you know, getting all riled up and like, all right, like, let's go kind of thing. And then I realized like, no, I can get that need met elsewhere. I can get that need through like, empowering ways, ways that take me closer to what I actually want at the deepest level. And so essentially, I think that's what I was trying to say, you know, the like, where are you putting your energy? You're letting yourself drain your energy into all these things that aren't of service. Uh, And if you took that and put it elsewhere, like you're fucking unstoppable. So, you know, let's just say Betty, I think under under your post, you were like the caddy co-worker. Um, you know, Betty is our caddy co-worker who is challenging us in all different ways. Um, how, what's something, what's an action step that we can put in to really like, so is this what we, where we would ask the question, what are we making this mean? Yeah. And how can we language it so that it's not like, well, she's being mean to me. How can we? Yeah. I mean, Betty is just doing what she knows in order to feel safe. Right. I had an experience at the start of the year where where I had a Betty in my life and and it was it was so beautiful. Right. Because um, I was a kid who was heavily bullied, you know, to the point that I was like, fuck this. I'm tapping out like I'm done. It would be so much easier if I wasn't here, you know, and. Um, I had that experience with Betty, we'll call her um, at the start of the year where. I was like, this is so familiar to what I went through as a kid. And I wish that as a kid, I had have known the tools that I have now. And in that moment with Betty, it would have been so easy to go back to the version of Brie that kind of shrinks herself and becomes a people pleaser and doesn't have boundaries and 
does what she needs to do in order to not rock the boat and fit in. And instead I went, no, I'm going to make, well, first of all, like Betty's just doing what she needs to do to feel safe. So I can sit here and go, Betty, sweetheart, like I see you. Yeah. And I don't mean that from a condescending standpoint. I mean it from the perspective of like, like Betty's hurting, you know, Betty's creating this drama with me because Ultimately, she's trying to feel out whether I'm actually safe. Am I actually who I say I am? Or am I someone who's going to lash out back, you know? And so um, that, that was the first piece. What am I making her actions mean about me? They actually mean nothing about me. This, this is her stuff and it's bringing up something in me. So there's my stuff here in this as well. And so what I chose to make it mean for me was that this is a powerful opportunity. I'm being quote unquote, tested here. Am I going to fall back into my own victim cycles? Am I going to fall back into disassociation, depression, shutdown, shrinking, hiding myself? Or am I going to choose what I actually desire, which is to be a powerful fucking stand for women healing and getting out of these trauma loops, in which case I'm going to knuckle down and I'm going to quote unquote, do the work. And so as a result of that, like not only did I get to heal all this inner child stuff and and choose a different way that I didn't know back then. But I also got to really be a powerful stand and an example of what women who aren't caught in trauma loops, you know, how we show up. And like, I mean, if I'm honest, that that experience is still somewhat in process. It's still to to some small degree, there's, there's threads of it still playing out. And yet how it has kind of, uh, how it has been navigated is so different from how it was and it's actually brought a lot more closeness um, to this particular dynamic you know and and like my stand is that I want I want to be so anchored in myself that when when Betty comes at me with her shit she has no choice but to go oh hang on this isn't a brief thing this is a me thing right I want to initiate Betty into being able to um really like sit and go oh my god like there's some shit playing out here from from childhood from whatever whatever it may have been for her mm. um it may have tangent and that no I love this yeah um but yeah it, it's it's again what am I making it mean am I making it mean something about me and do I actually do, do I feel good being in the experience of um sadness or anger or fear or shrinking myself or do I, I think, desire something yeah. different? And when we it's desire such, something different, we choose something different. It's yeah. such a, like, in that, do I feel good here? Because, you know, when Betty first triggers you, you're like, bring it on. Like, and so there's that power. There's that, well, I don't know how power is the word I want to use. There's that, there's, that, there's that surge of energy and stamina there. Um and it's not till you really get curious with it and understand what that means. Like when you were talking about it, my whole nervous system relaxed. We've all had a Betty in our lives, like, and we probably still do and we probably still will. Um, for me, it was my stepmom. That was the first one that I was like, I don't want to understand this because all the time, and I articulated that because the more, the more ignorant I am to this, the more power I have over her. And as soon as I said those words, I was like, this is not the life that I want to lead and that's not the person that I want to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then in lo- understanding that. Yeah. Mm. 
I love that you worded it that way because I think here's the thing, right? There's like constructive power and then there's destructive power. And and by the way, like in no way shaming that that you had that thing come up of like I want to have power over her because I get it. Like we all want power. We all want to feel powerful. But the difference is, is it? In those um, words, we want to feel powerful, not have yeah. power necessarily. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, like the difference is, uh, like in this particular situation with with my Betty, she, um, you know, there, there was an experience where it could have very easily actually come to like like a punch on, right? And there was a version of Brie that like would have gone down that path. And I know that back then that version of Brie was looking to feel powerful, to, to have power over someone, yes? Um, and in, this, in, in the moment that it came to that point, this time around, I went, hang on. Yes, I may feel powerful coming to, you know, punch-ons. Um, and yet I'm being reactive in that moment. I'm being pulled into someone else's storm. And so ultimately, who has power over me in that moment? Betty, right? I want my power to be self-sourced. You know, I don't want it to be reactive to other people. I want it to be responsive to what I want most. Again, intentionality. And so in that moment where I could feel it simmering, you know, and like I knew she was ready to go, (laughs) I was like, no, no, like I'm going to choose something greater. I'm going to choose my power source from within. And I was able to just go, how do I want to feel in this moment? Right now, I actually just want to really be here with my people I want to really just relax into how fucking much I love the experience of my life right now. And, you know, no, no, no sooner than maybe two minutes later, I'm there having a laugh with some of my best friends, you know, like completely shifted out of it. And I know that she had left the room and she was like still amped up. Um, But I was able to really just go, no, like I want something greater for myself. Yeah. Yeah, so that's power. That's true embodied constructive power where it has intention behind it. And we all feel that. Like for you to do that calming and asking yourself what you want and to step into that, that sends a wave of energy throughout the room, throughout the universe. Like that's not just happening within you. Everybody feels that. Totally, yeah. Um, One more question then. So if we're in these constant Betty cycles where we are finding ourselves getting triggered and, you know, we sort of start to recognize that this isn't, this isn't healthy. This isn't a pattern that we want to stay in, but we don't know, like, how do we, we don't know what it means to be intentional or we don't know who we are to be intentional. What's a question that we can start to get curious with to bring that into ourselves. Does that make sense? For sure. Can I just flag? I don't think my PowerPoint is turned on. So my laptop is telling me it may die soon. Can we pause for a second and let me? Yep. Yes, we can. <laughs> can I pause? Okay. So my answer to that question would be to really keep coming back to desire, you know, to get into the habit of asking yourself, like, what do I actually most want here? What do I most desire here? Like what would the most powerful, anchored, rounded version of me choose here? Um, you know, we, we kind of touched on it briefly earlier. It's that difference between like 
just getting caught up in the chaos um, and, and versus relaxing and breathing and going, okay, like, is this in alignment with what I most want? Um, so, you know, that, that's where it's really started for me. Like in the heat of the chaos, um, what do I want? Like, does this feel good for me? No, it doesn't. Like sitting here being angry at someone doesn't actually feel that good for me. I don't actually like being in the experience of that. So what do I choose instead? Love. <laughs> that sounds really catty, doesn't it? Even that <laughs> little statement. Um, cool. So do you have anything else you want to add? I've just, my whole nervous system while listening to this and whenever I hear you talk, everything just makes so much sense. So I hope that people listening get some value out of this. But is there anything else you want to add? Um, yeah, I think that um, I think that if there's anyone listening to this, you know, what, what I know of you uh, and what I know of the people that I attract is that um, they're, they're generally the kind of people who they know deep down that there's something more. And they may not have necessarily had the experience of it yet, but there's like this niggling something that's like, oh, there's got to be more. Um, and, um, there is, there really is. And even if you haven't experienced it yet, there really is. So, um, and even if there's no proof of it in your life, uh, or you feel like there's no proof of it in your life. Well, yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) Even if you haven't uh, experienced consciously experienced proof of it in your life as of yet, um, if that feeling's there, you get to trust it. Uh, and, um, the beautiful thing in my experience is that every time you trust that niggling, uh, that niggling feeling, you know, it just keeps getting better and better. It just keeps opening up more and more. Um, so yeah, trust it, trust it and be willing. Uh, and I also wanted to say, uh, if, if anyone's kind of listened to this and, and felt the nudge and wants to connect, um, yeah, I have a few re- free resources. Um, so you can go to www.fiercefreewoman.com. Uh, to get a training for uh, powerhouse women who are looking to get out of burnout, who are looking to get out of um, that struggle mentality. Um, and yeah, feel free to reach That's out. a free, like, free resource. There's no yep. commitments to that. I think. No, get just curious. Into, into your Why details. And, what's that? Get curious. Yes. Amen. Amen. Um, and yeah, please, I love hearing from people. So reach out on Instagram. You can search my name. I'll, I'll pop up. Um, reach out and let me know what you heard in this. I'll pop your name, uh, your tag in the show. I'll pop both the website and the um, your Instagram handle in the show notes as well. Beautiful. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. That was fun. I'm just gonna hit stop record.